Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Well done for braving it this morning. <laughs> it did look, look a little ominous this morning. <laughs> ominous this morning at about three. <laughs> and even when the team gathered at about 4.15 down at the vineyard, it was still pretty wet. But off they went. They grabbed the cross and off they went. This morning I just want to share a few thoughts with you as we gather around the cross and we remember the events leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus, God's Son. So here is Jesus. He's at the height of what was a days earlier, a glorious reception into town. He was being enthroned on the people's hopes, their desires for their land to be restored to them and for them to live once again under the generous rule of God and no longer under the rule of Rome. And at the height of his popular endorsement, as the people's now candidate for saviour, for deliverer and as king, Jesus to this point has been very quick to tell people be quiet. It's not my time. It's not my time for the spotlight. And yet here he is, the people's prophet, the miracle worker, the raiser of the dead, the teacher, the king of Israel. And it's at this most high of points that Jesus now declares with agreement that the people can now cheer him as king. Even the Greeks who were there, the non-Israelites, they were seeking audience with Jesus. The nations were sending their emissaries to Jesus. Here in this highest point, this highest moment of reception, the history of God in the earth, the hope of a prophecy restored, the final, the final confrontation with death and sin is colliding with the complete authoritative love of God in the earth. And it's at this moment, this high point, that Jesus makes this most cryptic of sayings when he turns to his disciples and he says, the hour has now come. For the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, glory, yes, but not as we would understand glory in human terms. Because he says this about glory. He says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So here is the crowning moment. Jesus is now focused. He's entering Jerusalem and he's engaging in the journey to confront death, to liberate everyone who truly seeks restoration with God. Sarah's garden. A few Easter's ago, my youngest daughter Sarah and I, we bought a planter box 
and we bought some soil and all these new little packets of seedlings. And together we planted these seedlings in the soil and we watered them and it was a good Friday that we did this and then we waited. Well, we had to wait for a few days and but within the space of a week, little green shoots came bursting through the soil all through the planter box. The seeds we planted had died and so all the new life that was hidden in those seeds came forward. The planter box became filled with plants and herbs and vegetables and we had a great time harvesting them as we used them for dinnertime meals and so forth. But the seeds that Sarah and I planted that Good Friday morning, they died and they gave up their life so that the new life could come forward. Jesus, the new endorsed King of Israel, now on his way to confront death, refers to himself as the glorious seed that now must die. Jesus is the one who carries within himself the possibility of a new life for all people, freed from death's curse, but now alive to the possibility of the love of God. Jesus is the possibility of a restored life to God and a restored creation and a restoration of all things in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And yet, there is only one way for all of this new life to come forward. Jesus, the seed, must be buried in the earth and give up his life as the ultimate act of sacrificial love so as to confront the grip of death, to break its, pos its power and work and release life for all people through his soon coming resurrection. Today we stop and we say, Jesus, we love you so much that you would give your life so that we could have life. That you love us so much that you would obey the Father and his will and go to the cross for us. Jesus, you are the Son of God who came to establish the kingdom of God forever. And we love you. Finally, Jesus turns to his closest followers and he says, the person who loves me, sorry, the person who loves his life will lose it. While the person who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And whoever serves me must follow me and where I am, my servant also will be. And my father will honour the one who serves me. So let's just think about this for a minute. Let's think about Sarah's garden. Let's think about the seed. A seed that does not die cannot release the life that it carries and yet a seed that does die becomes a source of life to many 
A seed that does not die cannot have any effect beyond its own self-interest. And yet a seed that does die has a breadth of multiple impact beyond itself. A seed that does not die has a disconnected, an isolated and a dysfunctional existence. And yet a seed that does die is fully connected to life purpose and functionality. A seed that doesn't die is bound up in protection, protectionism and distrust of the purpose for which it was created. And yet a seed that does die enters into the bigger reality and the experience of a full life and created purpose. A seed that does not die cannot fully live and in fact is adverse to any form of risk or adventure. And yet a seed that does die lives to be spent and is willing to take the risk. A seed that does not die remains caught, defensive, controlling, controlled by its own self-legislated boundaries. And yet a seed that does die lives in the open expanses and the freedoms of a life that was always meant to be. Friends, today we remember Jesus, his crucifixion, his death. Today, Jesus, the love of God on display, strong, sure, and gracious. Jesus, the King, enthroned by the people and affirmed by the highest then power in the land as the king, was willing to go and conquer death and sin and separation that we here today, along with everyone that we know, could come into the fullness of a possible life in God. Jesus the seed, willing to fall to the ground and die, a sacrificial death so that we could all find our true identity, our true God-given purpose and our reason for living in his good kingdom. Today we remember Jesus the seed and I want to encourage all of you who have turned the affections of your heart towards Jesus that Jesus the seed now lives in you. Perhaps the best words of living in the reality of this sacrificial love of God was penned by the Apostle Paul when he wrote, I've been crucified with Jesus Christ and I now no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came. Thank you that you established life. Thank you that you gave your life. Trusted God the Father and opened the possibility of a brand new way of living in your kingdom both now and into the age to come. And I just pray, God, for everyone here today that Jesus, the seed, you would break open your life in us all again today. For your glory, God, in the earth, as the waters cover the sea, for our own joy and for the well-being of others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, this morning, we're going to just head down to the cross and there's bread and the cup there. And this was the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. The ones who said, you're the master, we're the students on this thing called life. And he said, when you eat the bread and drink the cup, remember me. Now, I want to encourage you this morning, on your way to receiving the bread and the juice, I want you to go via the cross. And as you go via the cross, I invite you to actually put your hand on the cross. Because every curse that we carry was thrust upon Jesus on the cross. And every form of sin and brokenness in humanity was thrust upon Jesus on the cross. That in his death and resurrection, we could come out from under all of the power of death and all the curses and all the brokenness and sin that seeks to entangle our life. And I invite you as you touch the cross to release your brokenness and sin to Jesus. He's a big king. And it was for this very hour that he came. Give him your junk. Give him your sin. And receive from him freedom from it. And a guilt-free conscience as his gift to you today holy spirit as we just go to the cross as we um, take the bread and take the cup we just give you thanks let thanksgiving rise in our hearts today in jesus name we pray amen folks the worship guys are going to worship over the top of you there's no order to this just as you feel led um Wendy will be down at the table to help serve up, but just head down to the head down to the table, and then maybe just take take it some time either by yourself or with your family, with your friends, with your children, and just stop and give thanks for Jesus the seed. And then this morning, if you haven't um, and you would like to, call, you'll see Corey over there in the Akubra and the cool shirt. Um, Corey's just taking little video messages 
to send up to Caitlin and Ula, who are up at the hospital, who, um, when we saw them last night, they were both quite sad that they can't be here because they love to be here every good Friday. But, so it's just a chance to send a little Easter blessing and greeting to them if you'd like to do that. Just go and see Corey and he'll take a little couple of seconds of video of you. Alrighty? Hey, God bless you. The gifts of God for the people of God. Enjoy the goodness of God.